0: Today, we're going to be looking, as we come to communion, we're going to be looking at God's covenant with Noah, Yahweh's covenant with Noah. And uh, to prepare for that, I'd like us to begin reading in chapter 8. There's a lot of material here. But chapter 8, beginning in verse 13, the flood has already occurred, and now it's time for Noah and his family and the animals to come out of the ark. And here's where we pick it up in Genesis 8. Verse 13, by the first day of the first month of Noah's 601st year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground, so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. Sound familiar? So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his son's wives, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on land came out of the ark, one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. Then God blessed Noah and his son saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. There it is again. The fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and on all the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground and on all the fish in the sea, they are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that still has its life blood in it. For your life blood, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal and from each human being, too. I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number, multiply on the earth and increase upon it. There it is again. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all the life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds. And it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. God, thank you. This is not just a story. This is your story. This is our story. And I pray today, God, that as you open this up, you will prepare our hearts for experiencing the love of God in this new covenant as we remember this covenant at this table. The covenant of Noah. A covenant with the earth. Another sign of God's love for all he had created. Help us today, God, to learn from this that we might know the joy of our salvation. And we'll thank you God in Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes things get so bad, you just have to destroy it and start over. There's a neighborhood in San Jose that has more million dollar homes collectively in this little area than any other place I know in in the Bay Area. In fact, what's surprising about these million-dollar-plus homes is that they're 50 years old, and most of them are between 1,000 and 1,200 square feet. They're little dinky little things, old things. And they run usually from about 1.1 to about 1.6 or $7 million. So you can imagine my surprise when I saw this one going up for sale for half of that. And when they had an open house, out of curiosity, I went in. The place was an absolute gut job. Everything in it had to be torn out. The electrical was not up to code. The plumbing had to be replaced. The floors were not even. The door jams were crooked. The foundation was cracked. The fireplace was cracked and leaning. The roof uh, needed to be replaced. It was a total gut job. In fact, I asked the realtor there, I said, what are you selling this place for? He said, $750,000. And he says, it's a steal. And he said, whoever buys this is going to tear it down and just use the lot. And start all over. And that's exactly what happened. Whoever bought it paid 750000 for the lot. Plus the expense of tearing the thing all down. And he rebuilt a house on that lot from the ground up. He tore it to the dirt and made everything new. Because sometimes things get so bad and there are so many things wrong that the only thing to do is tear it down and start over. This is what God did in the worldwide flood of Noah's day. The evil that came into the world when Adam broke his covenant with God had corrupted everyone and everything in an unimaginable form, worse than even you and I can imagine. Listen to the descriptive words of Noah's Noah's world by God in Genesis 6 verse 5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I've created and with them the animals, the birds, the creatures that move along the ground for I regret that I have made them. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people. For the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. You hear his description? The human race was living in great wickedness, their thoughts only evil all the time. The earth was corrupt and full of violence. All the people on earth had corrupted their ways, except one man. So God said, I'm going to destroy it all, and start over with a man and his family that are righteous, blameless, and who walk faithfully with me. His name was Noah. And God said to him in Genesis 6, verse 14, so make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. He said in verse 17, I'm gonna bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you and be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. If our understanding is correct, Took a long time, maybe 120 years to build that boat. And and the ark was finished on the 17th day of the second month of Noah's 600th year. And on that day, rain began to pour down on the earth and the earth opened up and gushed forth water for 40 days and 40 nights until the earth was covered. The highest mountains were covered to a depth of more than 20 feet. And it says in Genesis 7, verse 21, every living thing that moved on land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. A year and ten days later, on the 27th day of the second month of Noah's 601st year, those who had survived came out of the ark. And it says in Genesis 8, verse 20, that Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood, and never again. Will I destroy all living creatures as I have done." The first altar, offering the first sacrifice. Pure and clean, pointing the way to the ultimate sacrifice in Jesus Christ. And the Lord told Noah, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So God made a covenant with Noah. And God would establish with Noah the covenant he made with Adam. There would be another chance to restore what was broken with Adam and Eve. And God promises to preserve humanity and creation until his eternal purposes are complete because God's covenant with Noah was his promise of preservation. What did God promise to preserve? God promises Noah that he will preserve the human race and save those who live by faith. And God promises Noah that he will preserve creation until all of his promises are fulfilled. The Noahic covenant is Yahweh's promise to preserve the human race and save those who live by faith. In Genesis 6, we read this in verse 17. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Adam and Eve broke their covenant with Yahweh, and the promised blessings turned to curses. But in the midst of all the sin, the loss, and despair, and the curses, God gave a message of hope, of good news. It is in Genesis 3.15, but the context begins in Genesis 3.14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. Verse 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head. You will strike his heel. Satan, you have won this round, but you will not win the war. This woman you deceive will have offspring. There'll be enmity and strife between your offspring, the workers of evil, and her offspring, those who are to inherit righteousness. One of her future offspring will be struck by you, and you'll think you've scored a great victory, but it will only be a wound to his heel. After you strike him, he will crush your head with a fatal blow. That promise would be restated to Abraham and Moses and David until the promised offspring, the seed of the woman, had come. That seed, that offspring, is Jesus. And Paul told the Galatian churches that the promised offspring was Christ, the one that had been promised to Abraham, Galatians 3.16. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. Jesus is the offspring of the woman who by his death on a cross would destroy Satan's grip on humanity through fear of death and the grave and sin. But part of the reason for God's covenant with Noah not to destroy the human race was in order to keep his promise that through the seed of the woman would come one who would be the Messiah. God, through the covenant with Noah, was preserving the line of Christ. Noah is the new Adam and a type of Christ, the one who is righteous and blameless and who walks with God. Adam was born righteous, but he fell into sin. Noah was born sinful, but he was declared righteous by his faith. Jesus, the eternal God, was born in righteousness, stayed in righteousness, and could offer his sinless life as a payment for all of our sin, for all people, for all time. And you can read more about Noah as the first Adam and even the type of Christ in Heather Ward's excellent work this week in the workbook. You need to take some time to read through that. Noah was a sinner declared righteous by his faith. Noah didn't earn salvation by his works. His works demonstrated that he had saving faith. This faith seen by God was declared to be his righteousness. That's why in the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, that long-running roll call of faithfulness, it says in Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. People, if you want to please God, you can be assured that God will put you in impossible situations where you have to trust him as your only recourse. That's what he did with Noah. Verse 7, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. This is the saving faith that is still saving people who hear the gospel today, the good news of Jesus Christ, and who come to Christ by faith and are declared righteous when they believe. Paul told the Romans in Romans 3 verse 21, now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. You'll be hearing more about Abraham next week with Pastor Phil. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Yahweh is a just God. So in Christ at the cross, he justly paid for all the sins past, all the sins present and all the sins future. And he did it to to demonstrate his justice. Noah heard this God and believed him and built an ark. And his faith, not his works, his faith is what saved him. He was justified. He was declared righteous. People, Jesus is the ark. And if we are in Christ Jesus by faith, we too will pass through judgment from death to life. When a Christian is saved and enters the ark who is Christ and is baptized, the symbolism is obvious. I pass through the waters, totally identified in Christ, and I'm raised to new life. All of this by God's grace through faith. That's why when Peter wrote in 1 Peter three verse 18, he said, "For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God." He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. And after being made alive, he went and made proclamation. To the imprisoned spirits, who are they? They're the ones who died in Noah's day who would not respond by faith to the gospel. To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, in it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into the heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. People, the water doesn't save. It's the ark that saved. We aren't saved by our baptism. We're saved because we are in Christ Jesus. But just as the ark passed through those waters... So too in our baptism, we are symbolizing that we in Christ are passing through the waters of judgment. We've gone from death to life. We were buried with him and now we're raised with him. We are saved by Christ, by grace and faith in Christ and him alone. This is what we're remembering today in communion. And not only would God preserve the human race and save people by faith, but the Noahic covenant is Yahweh's promise to preserve creation until all his promises are fulfilled. In Genesis chapter nine, it says in verse eight, God said to Noah, to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. And with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds. And it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on earth. People, I can assure you there will be no worldwide flood that destroys the earth from global warming or climate change. That's not a political statement. That's a biblical one. I don't know if you heard last week Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the uh, socialist freshman freshman Democrat from New York. I don't even know what she said last week, but she got up and declared that the earth is going to be destroyed by global warming in 12 years. The polar ice caps will melt, seas will rise, and will flood the earth. Well, I'm no scientist, and apparently she isn't either. But I can tell you with absolute certainty, the world will not be destroyed by the effects of any warming or climate change resulting in a worldwide flood that covers the earth. How do I know that? Because of God's promise to all creation through his covenant with Noah, Listen to God's promise to Noah and to all creation. Genesis 9, verse 8. God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you, and with every living creature that was with you the birds, the livestock, all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. In fact, God had said previously, as long as the earth endures, there will be hot and cold, summer and winter, seed time and harvest. There are going to be cycles of weather, of hot and cold, and it can continue from eternity past or till creation past until Christ comes again. And I don't care how much deodorant you use, that ain't changing. God's going to do that. (laughs) This is a universal covenant. Not a promise of universal salvation for everyone, but a promise to creation of universal preservation. God said, I covenant with you never to destroy the world with a flood again. Just as the covenant with Adam had a symbol The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, so the covenant with Noah has a symbol. It is a rainbow. And God said in Genesis 9, when the clouds come and the rains fall and I see the rainbow in the sky, I will remember my covenant with you and all creation. To remember is not that God needed the rainbow to remind him as though he would forget. He is all-knowing and forgets nothing. This is remembering in the sense of recounting and acknowledging again. When I see the rainbow, God said, I will acknowledge once again my promise not to destroy the world with a flood. Genesis 9, verse 17. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. God gave us a reminder of that again this morning in the sky. When all the promises in Christ are fulfilled and Jesus comes again to reign in power, then and only then will the heavens and earth be destroyed, making way for a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. The present heavens and the present earth are being reserved for the final destruction, not by water, but by fire. When Peter wrote of this in 2 Peter 3, he recounted two cataclysmic events for creation in the past and one cataclysmic event coming yet in the future. The two cataclysmic ones in the past were creation where all things began and the flood where all things were destroyed. But the one he spoke about in the future was at the second coming of Christ when the earth and everything in it will be destroyed by fire. 2 Peter 3, verse 8. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord's not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him, qualities that Noah exhibited. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you the wisdom that God gave him, he writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which Ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. People, God keeps his covenant promises and he's promised to preserve humanity and creation until all his promises fulfilled in Christ are complete. Just as in the days of Noah, God was sending out to him a message to people, the good news of how to be saved. Eight people responded. Today through his church, you and me, God is sending his gospel out to all people, to all nations, warning them that there's an ark to which they can flee. His name is Jesus. God's love is still sending forth the good news of the gospel. And people who believe it are still being saved. All the covenants are not based on human goodness but on God's grace and mercy. God knew that endless restarts and second chances would never be the final solution. He already said, even after the flood, that man's intent was evil, even from childhood, all the time. Humanity needed a new heart. Humanity needed a new covenant. Humanity needed a savior who could not only redeem them, from their sin but make them new people that's what we're remembering in this new covenant paul said in 1 corinthians 11 verse 23 i received from the lord what i also passed on to you the lord jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. People, this is the covenant to which all the other covenants point. The hesed love of Yahweh was seen in the grace and mercy extended to Noah in providing an ark that would be the salvation of for him and all who other, whoever else came in by faith. And so the hesed love of Yahweh is seen in the grace and mercy extended to us in this covenant through the sacrifice of his son on a cross. And Jesus said, this is for you. This is for you. So as often as you eat it, remember me. Father, this salvation that you have worked through these covenants is amazing. And it speaks powerfully of a love of which we are just seemingly beginning to learn. A steadfast love of God. That even in the midst of your own sorrow and regret... you offered another chance to Noah and to creation. Knowing that ultimately, all of these attempts would eventually lead to the ultimate solution. You yourself would come in human flesh and offer your sinless life to pay for sin for all time. Your sacrifice has paid for sin from Adam to the second coming. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You always knew it would be like this. And these covenants were continual reminders of your Hesed love, your steadfast love that never wavers. Today, there are many of us in this room who have accepted this love and experienced it firsthand. We are saved by grace, the gift of faith that you've given us to believe and come into the ark who is Christ. <laughs> there are some today here, God, within my hearing and some who are listening with us online who have never yet trusted you this way. The gospel goes out to them. They're invited to come to the ark who is Christ and they need to respond by faith and be saved. There are others who have accepted that in some measure. True salvation cannot be lost, but there are many today who have claimed that salvation who are not walking faithfully with you. Their works are not like Noah. They are not demonstrating their faith. So, Lord, we want you to help us to become more like Noah, not in the fact that he, too, is a sinner. We already know that, but the fact that he had faith and he believed you and you saved him. His works were evidence of that faith. So today, God, for those of us who have sought to walk faithfully with you in that gift of grace, let today be a constant reminder of what a blessing it is to live in Hesed love relationship with this God who has reached out to us and offered us a new covenant. So as we break this bread and drink this cup, may we truly be new covenant people living for your glory and experiencing the joy. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.